Welcome to Practically Healthy by Dr. Melina. I'm your host, Dr. Melina Jampolis, and I'm a board-certified physician nutrition specialist. And I started this podcast to take the latest science and really help you figure out what you should do, can do, and eventually will do when it comes to food, fitness, and everything that's involved with helping you become the best version of yourself. My guest today, I'm very excited about this because I've been a big fan of omega-3 fatty acids for a long, long time, but um, Dr. William Harris has been studying the benefits for over four decades. He has a PhD in nutrition and is the founder of Omega Quant, which is a an omega-3 testing company, and he's still a part owner. Um, and this is a test that I use in my office, and so I thought it would be very, very interesting um, to bring Dr. Harris on so we could talk all about omegas. And he's also the founder and president of the Fatty Acid Research Institute. So this is what I truly admire, his commitment to research uh, and also the clinical implementation. So it works perfectly well for the podcast, Practically Healthy. So thank you for joining me, Dr. Harris. I appreciate your time today. Great to be on. So let's start back at the beginning because, you know, you've been doing this for over four decades. I've only been doing nutrition for two decades, but even two decades ago, um, I feel like omega-3s were pretty under the radar. So what got you interested in this line of study four decades ago? Well, I was I was told to do it. Um, that's what happens. You, you get assigned assigned a study to do by your uh, postdoctoral uh, mentor, and that's what I did. I was told uh, <clears throat> when I got to Portland, Oregon, to do my postdoctoral work to do a study on the effects of salmon oil on cholesterol levels. So I was to re- and it was a metabolic ward study where we bring people in and feed them everything. Um, so we fed. We got normal volunteers and arranged for diets to be fed that contained about, oh, maybe a half a cup of salmon oil a day. Wow. That's a lot. How much omega-3 is in half a cup? I mean, that's got to be a lot. It was about 25 grams. 25 grams. Wow. Okay. Yeah. For four weeks. Okay. We didn't, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, and we found that that feeding a huge load of salmon oil lowered triglyceride levels, and that was one of the first uh, really discoveries of that effect of fish oil. And so I spent the first uh, probably half of my career doing research on the effects of omega three on lipoprotein metabolism. So my first three NIH grants were all about that. How, you know why why does fish oil lower triglycerides? That kind of what's the mechanism? And lipoproteins, just for listeners who may not have PhDs in nutrition, uh, can you explain a little bit? Th- those are really what carries the cholesterol around, the protein that carries the cholesterol. Right. Around. They're particles. They're lipid, very, very, very tiny lipid particles, um, bubbles of fat, essentially. That's the way fat gets transferred. Cholesterol and triglycerides get transported in our blood is in lipoproteins, which is a it's got a membrane around it, and all the lipids are on the inside, and the water's on the outside. And um, so, when you hear LDL, the bad cholesterol, HDL, the good, those are lipoproteins. Right. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Thank you for explaining that. So, so the and and interestingly enough, for those who weren't aware of it, um, higher doses of fish oil are still. That's one of the 
first line treatments actually for very, very high triglycerides. So I definitely do that on occasion uh, with patients who have, you know, triglycerides upwards of 300 more 500, but I, I have a lower threshold because I'm such a big fan of fish oil. So, yeah. um, but there we're talking about three to five grams a day, which is probably more than the average person takes. But okay, so you started and, and obviously you were excited about the findings of, and, and so you continued the research. So I'm just curious, like, what are some of the highlights for you in your 42 years as far as discoveries in terms of the benefits of omega-3 fatty acids? Oh, some of the discoveries that have been, I think, beneficial uh, are probably more in the, not so much the lipoprotein and the effects on lipids, but their effects on actual disease incidents. That's what's been the most fun, of course. And that has come, uh, you know, we, we learned a lot in the 90s, 80s and 90s about uh, high fish diets, lowering risk for heart attacks. Uh, the GC Prevention Study was the big one, kind of right at the end of the, uh, the century, really, 1999, 2000. That's the one from Italy that showed that taking fish oil lowered the risk for, for uh, sudden cardiac death uh, in a large Italian group. And then a couple other studies followed on. These were not ones we did. Those are big randomized trials, um, international studies. Uh, I think what I've been involved with ever since uh, roughly uh, – 2022 or uh, 2004, 2005, when we invented the omega-3 index, which we'll talk about a blood test for omega-3 levels. Um, I got very interested in the question, what do omega-3 levels in a person tell us about their risk for disease? Uh, so not so much what's it do to your cholesterol actually doesn't do anything for your cholesterol. Yeah, I mean, right. No, I was going to say that. And the, the decreasing the risk of sudden cardiac death is more due to arrhythmias, correct? Than it is correct. to, yeah, which is, it's, it's fascinating. Just as an aside, I mean, 20 years ago, I put my father on omega-3 fatty acids, a higher dose, a quality supplement. And we'll talk about that too. I put him on it because he had high cholesterol and he's a very stressed out person. And um, two years ago during COVID, he was having severe chest pain and he's a doctor too. So of course he ignored it. Um, but when he finally went to the hospital, he ended up having an emergency quintuple bypass. And he had such massive narrowing of his arteries, many of them. The doctor told him that if he hadn't been on fish oil and aspirin, um, he probably would not have made it at that point. So um, I am a true believer um, and and was 20 years ago, which is why I started him on omega-3s way back when I started in nutrition. So um, definitely believe in that. But I, I love the fact that you changed your focus to testing and, and the omega-3 index, because I think one of the biggest problems with a lot of the fish oil trials is the we just because somebody said they ate fish three times last month doesn't mean they actually did. So right. having a measure of the actual intake and then the other thing that we don't talk about but that I'm very interested in, which is more precision nutrition, yeah. is there's a genetic variability in omega-3 fatty acid. So two people may take the same dose of fish oil and get different cellular levels. So for that reason, I'm very excited about your test. And I have a new company that I'm going to be implementing your test as part of the personalized nutrition precision 
um, you know, testing baseline. So, so tell us about the test because um, it's super cool. And then we're going to go over my results live on the podcast. So um, that's exciting. But so tell, yeah, tell us about tell us about the test a little bit and and why people really should. I think I explained a little bit about why people should care about it. But you know, in terms of disease states, I mean, I just read a review this morning. I woke up early, and um, you know, uh, it heart disease, cancer, any sort of inflammatory disease, including inflammatory acne, which I was surprised about, autoimmune disease, you know, especially colorectal cancer. There's some, you know, with breast cancer, inflammatory arthritis, even asthma. So I, I think that the benefits, did I miss any? Because I think people really need to understand why measuring their omega-3s is so important and taking an adequate therapeutic dose, um, even though it's a supplement. So did I miss any? I said a lot. Don't you said a lot. You say plenty for now, I think. Um, just about any uh, inflammatory-based disease is going to find benefit from higher omega-3. So that's easy to say. Uh, the, the test is called the Omega-3 Index, um, and it's a test that we developed in the early part of the uh, first decade of the century here. Um, we, a, a cardiologist friend and I came up with the idea after we'd seen some uh, research published that uh, red blood cell omega-3 levels and uh, populations were strongly associated, strongly predictive of risk for sudden cardiac death. Uh, two, two studies confirmed the same thing. And so we were at an American Heart Association meeting in 2003, I believe it was, and we we said, hey, you know, having a beer, we, we said omega-3 levels really ought to be something doctors can measure because they mean something and they're changeable. Uh, there's some risk factors, you know, for heart disease that are hard to change without right. drugs. Uh, this is a big one, and it is changeable. And so uh, we agreed to – he's in Germany. I'm here. He started a lab in Munich. I started a lab in uh, at the time in Kansas City. Now I'm in South Dakota. Uh, but we created the Omega-3 Index test, published a paper you know, documenting its benefit. And so what it really measures is the amount of EPA and DHA. Those are the two – primary omega-3s that you get from fish and fish oils. That's what we have in our bodies. And we measure them in the red blood cell membrane. So we, we really think they're important. Where they do their work is in the membranes. And every cell has a membrane and every cell membrane is healthier for having higher amounts of omega-3 in it. Uh, it's hard to get across the idea of a healthy membrane, you know, but it, they really are extremely complex parts of the cell. Yeah, I mean that's what yeah, dictates what goes in and out, how everything and and the protective and you know inflammation. We we're learning more and more about that, and and exactly. it is, you know, membranes. It's kind of like uh, your outer coat, like your you know a, a protective skin. arm. Yeah, your skin. Right. That's a good. <laughs> that's an easy example. It's and and really skin like is that. important. It's not just passive. Membranes right. are active and they're fluid and they need to stay fluid. Things need to go in and out. Things need to stay out that are supposed to be out, come in that are supposed to be in. So got it. Um, very, very important. Uh, um, so great. Okay. So omega-3 red blood cell membrane. Right. That's, so that's what the test is. The omega-3 index is the amount, and it's, it expresses a percent. We say your omega-3 index is somewhere between, say, 3 and 12 percent 
and what percent of what? So it's EPA and DHA are those two long chain omega threes, and they they're around, they're around 25, 28 fatty acids, actually different kinds of fatty acids in the membrane. So we're expressing EPA and DHA as a percent of the total fatty acids. Oh, total fatty acids. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, that's interesting. And just as an aside, just so people know, um, EPA and DHA are omega-3s that you cannot get from plants. There are, so flaxseed and walnuts, when the label says high in omega-3s, that's not the type of omega-3 we're talking about. There right. are, for vegetarians, there are some ways of getting them, but that's DHA only. You can get it from algae, um, mm -hmm. not EPA. So just, just to clarify, because I get a lot of questions and, you know, from, from listeners and fans and patients, you know, well, I eat a lot of flaxseed. Is that helping me? No, it's not. So that's, that's an important thing. I also want you to touch on before we jump into my results, the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3, because that's on the test that I did. And I think, I mean, you tell me, to me, is that as important as the total or are they different? Because that's something that a lot of people, especially in the lay press that talk about is the omega-6 to omega-3 ratio. Yeah, um, honestly, I'm not a fan of that ratio. Um, I like the omega-3 index better because it is just what's missing in the American diet is the omega-3s, not the omega-6s. And it's very hard to move your omega-6 levels around. Omega-6s are also essential fatty acids like the omega-3s. Uh, but I, you know, some of the problems I have with that ratio as a ratio is, number one, it doesn't tell you which, omega, which fatty acids are in it. Which omega sixes? Which right. omega? There's there's four or five omega threes. There's six or seven omega sixes. You just dump them all into the pot and call it omega six, omega three. You don't know which ones are there. Um, number two, you can have a high level of omega six and a high level of omega three, or a low level of omega six and a low omega, and have the same ratio. Right. So it, it just mathematically, it's a problem. So I, and I think it's it also distracts. From the what the real issue is the lack of EPA and DHA. Right. And so when people see this ratio, they think, oh, well, I can, you know, I can just change my omega six and forget the omega three side, and that's the wrong message. And and just so listeners know, because this, I have to make sure that they know what I, you and I know. I mean, the reason I think the omega six to omega three ratio became popular is because omega sixes are tend to be in highly processed foods and a lot of these added oils. So I think the message to listeners is you definitely should decrease your intake of processed foods, um, but focus more on the omega-3 index. Because if you do that, the ratio will fall into place. But I think yeah. a lot of these pseudo-nutrition experts talk about our ancestors had this ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 and uh, modern yeah, day times. Definitely. And you're right, they lose sight of the forest through the trees. So yeah. at the end of the day, getting more omega-3s and eating less processed foods. So um, should sure. we should we jump into my test results? Do you have them handy? Well, let's talk about how you did. Well, you, you tell them how you did the test, what kind of test it is. Okay. So, so yeah. So the cool thing is, is that this is a test that you can do at home. 
yourself. It's just a little finger stick test. So you choose a finger, get the blood to flow, which I had a problem with. My hands were really cold, so I had to run them under the sink for a while just to make sure I didn't have to stick myself again. So it's a very, very easy at-home test. You just do a finger stick, put one spot of blood on a little card and send it in, and then you get the results back. So it, it, it's, and this is another thing, like you can really be an empowered patient with yeah. information like this. And right. again, you can't fix what you can't measure. This is something that you measure. So yeah. then, and, and, you know, I have so many patients that come in and they're, they're like, I'm having, the, I got a Costco size jug of vitamin D here. Uh, v, uh, sorry, omega threes. Here's what I'm taking. And I'm like, okay, first of all, don't even get me started of that. There's only, you know, 300 milligrams of EPA and DHA, but also we, you know, and we'll get to that when we talk about supplements that quality matters, dose matters, genetics matters. There's a lot that factors into what your blood level is. So we're going to now talk about my amazing test results. (laughs) And I'll tell you how I got there too. Well, okay, so well, let me background back. So the average, the uh, ideal omega three index from our research is somewhere between eight and twelve percent, and and that is an omega three index that's not characteristic of the American population. We are more in the five percent area. Uh, some down as low as four, some up in six, but that uh, about half level. Actually, a population that's that is characterized by a really high omega three index is the Japanese they eat so much fish and oh coincidentally they also live four years longer than we do now can you get too high though i mean is over 12 bad okay no 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 we don't say four to 12 because over 12 is bad we say four to 12 because over 12 is so incredibly uncommon that we have no idea what you know if it's harmful or helpful it probably is helpful but we don't know. We just so don't what know. is the average Japanese level? I'm just I would just want I'm, I'm competitive, right. so I nine, want to know nine, how I compare. Huh? Nine to ten. Nine to ten. Oh wow. You're, you're so right. I'm, I'm better right. than that. Yeah. Wow. Right. Exactly. Okay, um, great. And uh, so getting up from getting from an average of say four percent up to eight uh, percent, again, our target is takes about 1,500 milligrams of EPA DHA per day, roughly. Um, I don't know what you're taking, but I know you're well above, you're well up into the green zone. Uh, yeah. Just under 12%, I believe it was. Right? Uh, my, my So mine is 11.64. <clears throat> and so I, I take, um, I take about, it depends on how I'm feeling. I think when I took this test, I had bumped myself up to three grams a day because I had read some research that um, it increases, I'm explaining this not to you, but to our listeners, that it increases a chemical called BDNF in our brains, which has been linked with improved mood. So I was feeling a little stressed out. So I was doing a test. Usually I take two grams a day, but I think when I took, I can't remember, two to three grams I was taking, but I had tried higher amounts um, just to see if it had any impact on my anxiety. And it didn't. I'm still, you know, but that's, I think, from having two young kids and having six different jobs. So um, I think I'm back to two grams a day, but I do take a high quality supplement. So, and we'll talk about that next. But so 
Yes. So the test, so um, my levels are 11.64. What are your levels? Uh, Mine around 10, probably. Okay. And what Um, do you take? I take around, uh, try to get around 1,500 to 2,000 milligrams a day. Okay. Um, Good to know. And then should we go over the rest? So just my omega-6 to omega-3 ratio, not that you like that. But um, some people like it is 2.9 to one. So the I again, I'm I'm on the low end of the green zone. Well, that would make sense. So can I can you get too low? I mean, not that we know of. Okay, we know. of. um, And then the other interesting one is the um, arachidonic acid, the AA to EPA ratio. Is that something that you like or don't uh, like? That's, uh, again, something that uh, Dr. Barry Sears popularized that some years ago, what we yeah. call the Seidel Inflammation Index. Um, Barry's and- a good friend of mine. He was my first doctor guest on my podcast, and Perfect. we did a two-part series. I've known Barry for a while. A while, yeah, that's great. So that that's why it's there primarily. I think we uh, we do our tests on a lot of his, his uh, clients. Um, and he really likes that test. And I, it, it's fine. Uh, it, it, it avoids some of the problems that I have with the omega-3, omega-6 index, because at least it's precise. You know exactly what you're talking about. Two, right. one, one omega-6, one omega-3. Um, I, the only thing I don't like about it is it just, it just doesn't measure the DHA levels. Right. Um, but you get that in the omega-3 index. So that's fine. Uh, and let's, and, well, let's talk a little bit about that, because that's a good point. Um, well, Let's put a, t- a thumbtack in that because let's do the last thing. You do the trans fat index. Well, yeah, right. And and that one, I'm very, very low in that. Now, trans fats, for those of you who don't know, come from, uh, well, there are some naturally occurring, but they come from highly processed foods. These are these partially hydrogenated fats that we know increase inflammation increase LDL and decrease HDL, which is the good cholesterol. So they have a triple negative impact. Now they were barred from the food supply um, a couple years ago, but there's a loophole because companies can put up to 0.49 grams of trans fats in a product and still put on their label that they're trans fat free. Um, And so Sorry, Girl Scouts, but Girl Scout cookies still have partially hydrogenated fats. So you really still have to be a smart consumer if you're thinking about trans fats, because these really are, everybody agrees that these are the bad guys. Would you, Would I mean, I hope oh, yeah. you agree. No, yeah. Agree. So, but it is interesting, you know, that they still exist in the food supply. So I think this trans fat index is relevant and, and nice to know. Yeah, it's, it's it's good to know. It's one of the people are really almost more interested in keeping bad things out of their body than putting good things in, you know, so that's it, a very good thing. observation. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. OK, so let's talk a little bit about the difference between EPA and DHA. And I think that's of interest for those who are vegetarian and really only take DHA because they do have different benefits. So they're really best together. They're best together, right? Yeah. They come together in nature, and all all fish and fish oils, and not all fish have it. There's certain kinds of fish that are particularly rich in omega three, EPA and DHA. They always those two always come together. It's just a matter of how much oil is in the fish, is the question. And so we we talk about 
salmon, mackerel, herring, sardine, albacore tuna, some of the best, highest omega-3 fish. Uh, and the, many of the fish people eat nowadays, you know, uh, cod doesn't have much omega-3. Right. Uh, uh, shrimp doesn't have much omega-3. Uh, sort of, you know, catfish and some of these freshwater fish don't have much omega-3. There's not that many fish that are really rich in omega-3. Right. Um, and so it is important, I think, because a lot of, you know, purists um, say, oh, you can get everything from diet. But it's not so easy to get 1,500 milligrams of omega-3 on average a day just from fish intake. It would be expensive. It would and if be you, a daily. It would be a daily consumption of fish. Right. You but do it. Of the right fish. Of the right fish, yeah. But so. you'd have to get a variety to avoid some of the contaminants in fish. So it, it gets more complicated. The story is yeah. not so easy. I would love to be a purist and say you can get everything from food, but, you know, it, it's not so straightforward. So No, it's not. All right. So EPA, you asked about EPA and DHA. So uh, they are they have different chemical structures. They're very, very much related. Uh, EPA is a little bit smaller. It's 20 carbons long with an S5 double bonds in it. This is just the chemistry of it. And, and DHA is tw 22 carbons long and six double bonds. Changes the biological effects of the molecule depending on how it's structured. Um, really, they both have anti-inflammatory properties, although we typically think of EPA as the anti-inflammatory yeah. one and DHA as the brain one. Because That's exactly how I thought of it. So that's yeah. wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's just not quite as nuanced. Uh, the brain, indeed, the brain as a organ is uh, a lot of DHA and almost no EPA, but that does not mean that EPA is not important for the brain. Right, especially for inflammation, which has been linked to more, you know, dementia. We we think we think that inflammation may play a role. So they merit different. But so DHA is in the membranes. It's DHA of the is the major, right? In the main membranes and the of, eyes. Yeah, correct. Okay. Eye is the about the richest. There's a certain part of the eye, the retina, the back part of the retina is very very rich in DHA, um, and the, as is the brain. Of course, the eye is really fun functionally part of the brain, in a way. Um, and the EPA is uh, really the minor. If you look at a red blood cell membrane, which is what we typically measure, about 85% of the EPA DHA group pair is DHA. About 15% is EPA. Really? Yeah. If you're not taking, you know, if you're taking a lot of EPA as a supplement, the EPA level is But just, you know, in the natural state, it's uh, the the body is really likes DHA and makes a lot of it. It mm. makes creates it from yeah, foods. Uh, by the way, there are some algal products that do provide EPA. Really? Yeah, they can they it, it's a, a a different species of algae that they use to that uh, they grow and ferment and uh, then harvest the oil that's produced. But there there are EPA ones, there are DHA ones and okay. people are putting them together. So that's great to know because I did not know that. So I'm gonna have to yeah. look into that for my vegetarian patients. So yeah. um so that's it this is a great segue to the last topic that I wanted to touch on, which is supplements. Mm. So this, you know, I feel like supplements have gotten a bad rap because they don't require a doctor. Uh, to be involved it, uh, or any sort of healthcare professional, anybody, your personal trainer, your favorite Instagram influencer, some movie star, they right. can say you want need to take this omega three because whatever. So, you know, 
I think there's a few things that we need to, one thing for sure, if something says it's a thousand milligrams of fish oil, that does not mean it's a thousand milligrams of EPA and DHA. You have to flip the label over and usually like the average product has 160 milligrams of EPA and 140 milligrams of DHA. So 300 milligrams of omega-3s in a one gram or thousand milligram capsule. So you have to be a savvy consumer. So that's step one, one. right? So right. the higher concentration, more pure fish oils are needed to get the therapeutic dose. If you really want to get your red blood cell omega-3 index up, you need to be at that probably, unless you eat a ton of fish, at least a gram of EPA and DHA. Would you would you agree with that statement? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it comes in a lot of different forms. So tell us triglyceride form, ethyl ester, krill oil. Tell, give us your thoughts on that. You're you're the expert. Yeah. So the, right, you're, you're correct. Uh, fish oils traditionally originally came as triglycerides, which is another word for oil or fat. Uh, and then you can't, as you said, the way it comes naturally from fish, about one third of the um, the fatty acids in a fish oil are EPA and DHA, and two thirds are not. So that's that's that thirty percent thing you were talking about. Uh, the uh, industry wanted to put more omega three in a capsule, so you get. 500, 600, 700 milligrams of EPA and DHA per 1,000 milligram capsule. So the only way to do that is to chop all the omega-3s off of the, the triglyceride backbone, throw away all the other fatty acids, and just put the omega-3s in. Um, but the way to do that, they've got to be hooked to something, what we call esterified to something. And they originally come esterified to an alcohol called glycerol, which is triglyceride. Uh, but you have to esterify them to something else. So they esterify them to ethanol and you get ethyl esters. And those are, are fine. I mean, they're, and you, they pack them. The pharmaceutical omega-3 products are all ethyl esters. Um, they don't absorb as well, uh, particularly if you don't have any other food in your stomach. Uh, if you've got a, if, if you're going to take ethyl ester forms, do it with a meal and do it with a meal that's got some fat in it. Because uh, that will stimulate all the proper digestive juices to to digest and absorb the ethyl esters out of that capsule. Uh, so th they're okay. They're they're not the best, but they're okay. But especially if they're taken with omega with a meal. Krill oil is uh, basically what we call a phospholipid form, uh, and that's a also a natural form of in which omega threes are found in nature and in fish. Uh, krill oil is. Uh, typically or historically been one of the more expensive ways to get omega-3 because it's hard to, it's, it's much more uh, labor intensive to, to harvest those um, krill from the South South Pacific. Um, and so I, I, krill is fine. It, it, it's effective in raising omega-3 index. Um, just have to, depends on how cost. Is it better is. absorbed? Because a lot of companies claim that you can have a much, much lower dose of krill oil and get the same benefits. So if I were to test the omega-3 index, is that true? Um, I would say better much, much is a little too much. Um, maybe uh, detectably better. Uh, you you probably can uh, 
with maybe, you know, I'm just ballpark parking it here, say two-thirds of the dose might get you the same omega-3 bump. There really has been not not many studies that have really compared them head-to-head at okay. the same dose of omega-3. That's, what That's good to know. No, it's good to know because a lot of them have, I would say, 90% less omega-3s and claim the same therapeutic yeah. benefits. And and if that's not based on research, then I don't buy it. So well, yeah, I mean, it's it's probably based on research, but you wonder about the research. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So then the uh, but I thought there are some. So are those the two? The, well, forms? then there's another there's a newer, relatively newer form called restructured or re, reassembled triglycerides, right? Where they where they isolate all the omega threes from the original oil, throw away the other fatty acids and then throw in some uh, glycerol, like, and then hook the three omega threes to back back to a triglyceride form, and it's a restructured or reconstituted triglyceride. So that's a, that's a good form too. Get a lot of omega three per capsule in a triglyceride form. You can do that. So does it really make a difference between because a lot of companies and, and is that just a marketing thing that there's that big of a difference? Like, what do you take? <laughs> Well, I, I, I take a restructured triglyceride. That's the product that, um, no, Parasol Nutrition is a new uh, small company that we're involved with here at Omega Quant that partnered, that pairs a supplement, a specific omega-3 supplement called Parasol Omega-3 with a test kit. It's a bundle. Oh, nice. And you bundle the, the, the fish oil and then we, then we get your omega-3 level back and we say, okay, take X number of pills of that stuff, you know, to get you up to April. You, I don't know, person A may need two pills a day. Person B may need four pills a day to get up to that 8%. But at least we know what product we're telling them to take. So we do you have a proprietary algorithm to give them the dose? Because we need to talk offline if you do. <laughs> we're going to use well, it for my I new mean, company. I on our yeah, I mean on our Omega Quants website, we have buried somewhere in the in the fine print a omega three index calculator. Okay. That's based on a study we published a few years ago. And it's this, you know, it's if if you put in what your current omega three index is, and then you it, it will tell you whether you're using a, a ethyl ester product or a triglyceride product, how many milligrams a day on average, you should take to get to 8%. So that's something that anybody can use, even if they're not buying the test or the supplement. Right. But so the supplement from Paracel, because I'm always trying to help people with better supplements, because it's like the Wild West. So what's the dose in that supplement? It's uh, two capsules. It's 1,400 milligrams of DHA. um, And it's in, again, a triglyceride form. Okay. And it's it's good stuff, good basic stuff, and uh, it's a good dose, um, right in that higher level. And, and it's uh, I can't remember what the price is, but certainly when you bundle, <laughs> when you bundle the fish oil bottle with the test kits, yeah. Uh, you get a good deal on both of them. And I'm a big fan of testing it. This is one of my new favorites for sure because it's so actionable. And yeah. and you really and, – and every – a lot of my patients take fish oil. They don't know why, and they don't know whether they're taking the right dose. So I think this is really, really important. This is the future of medicine, the future of nutrition, and you're on the cutting edge. So thank you for 
everything that you do for all the research. I, I do want to give a shout out to your companies and, and to your research. So if people want to learn more about the research that you're doing at the institute that you founded, or if they want to buy the test or the supplement, where should we send people? Uh, I think probably Omega Omega Quant is the laboratory, and there's a lot of a lot of information there. A lot of videos you can look at, a lot of educational stuff. Omega Quant likes Omega and Quant like quantity, Q U A N T dot com. Um, look there, and then you can see my publications there if, if you want to chase that down. Um, otherwise, I'm going to be doing that. Probably our listeners won't, but I'm going to be we like pouring through this site because for me, there's so much that is not evidence-based out there. And yeah. what my goal with this podcast is to give people practically healthy tips. Good. This is very practical. It's very healthy. There's tremendous health benefits. I don't think they can be overstated. The majority of Americans don't get enough omega-3s. So <clears throat> I hope that you listen to this podcast and take notes. And Dr. Harris, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for all the work that you do. And again, <clears throat> I very much look forward to uh, integrating the test that you created on a larger scale with my newest venture in precision nutrition, because I think it's a game changer. So it is a game changer. Thank it you was a much. pleasure talking to you today. I appreciate your time and expertise and, and uh, keep the research coming because it. it's, it's very valued. Have a lovely day. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. I really hope that you found the information in this podcast helpful. I know I did, and I welcome your feedback because I'm doing this for you. So if there's topics that you want to learn about, something that you want to learn more about, if there's something that you want to explain further that I've talked about, please let me know. Comment on my Instagram page, send me an email, melina at drmelina.com, and definitely hit that subscribe button because I'm going to have great new content every single week and I don't want you to miss an episode. That's it for now. Stay practically healthy.